Well, happy Easter. The Lord is risen. Come on. What an incredible day. It all makes sense because of today. Today's victory. Today's victory. It's exciting. I love that we serve a God who was willing to die, but also rose again. I love that no matter how hard my week has been, no matter what I go through in terms of physical, worldly pain and challenge, I know that there's a God who loves me enough to walk through the same thing. Not only to walk it with me, but to have gone before, and he knows what pain feels like, but he also knows what the power of God feels like. Isn't that incredible? What an incredible God we serve. I have had a difficult week, though. Hmm. Thank you. As some of you will know, um, Man City got, uh, take, got taken out of the uh, Champions League this week by Tottenham. Uh, and I've never cheered so much at a goal uh, in a pub before as I did when we, we scored a final goal, which would have been the winning goal, which would have taken us through to the rest of the Champions League. We probably would have won it, let's be honest. Um, and just before, just as I'm celebrating, it, the rug gets pulled out of my feet because of VAR. The video assistant referee goes, hang on a minute, that was actually an offside goal. And Tottenham go on to win it. Um, but I was thinking about this, actually, this, it, it feels like uh, the enemy thought he won, didn't he, on Good Friday. He thought he'd won. He thought he had won. But the reality was... God had like the biggest VAR decision to make. God was up, at, like the enemy thought he'd won, and then suddenly God's putting his finger, no, we're going to go to the video referee. And he says, no, he didn't win. Turns out Jesus won an incredible victory. That means that we get connected with God. That means that we get a ticket to heaven. That doesn't mean everlasting life. It means everlasting life, but it also means that we get, that heaven gets a ticket to earth through us. We get to a ticket to heaven when we die, but, uh, but heaven gets a ticket to earth while we're alive. That is the power of Easter Sunday. That's what I'm excited about today, that we get to walk into places of pain. We get to walk into difficult Friday moments and take the power of Jesus. Is that exciting? Okay, that sounds like a British exciting. Is it exciting? Come on up there. Exciting. Great. Well, uh, we're going to get into John 20 in a moment, um, but I want to, you to turn to the person next to you and just have a quick chat about what Easter means to you. Now, that might be, it, it could be anything between the pendulum swing of, please don't talk to me, I don't even want to be here, to, uh, this is my favorite Easter message. This is what it means to me. You've got one minute and 35 seconds. Go for it. Oh, okay, you finished on time. I didn't even have to call you to order. Brilliant. Um, there's, there's so much that we could reflect on about the Easter story, and I love that we've been able to have just a moment just to reflect some of the different things, the, the perspectives that you have on Resurrection Sunday, on what happened today. Did you talk about a bunch of disillusioned disciples finding an empty tomb? Did you talk about who you were and the kind of person you are now because of Jesus. Maybe some of you have never had a relationship with Jesus and all this seems familiar. Well, bear with. I'm hoping by the end of this talk you'll have a better idea. Did you talk about the soldiers that had been set to guard the tomb and their, their reflections? Did you talk about Jesus showing the scars to Thomas? Did you talk about 
this Emmaus Road moment when a bunch of disillusioned and hopeless disciples end up walking away from Jerusalem and their lives get turned around literally as Jesus shows up again. Did you speak of your weak feeling defeated and yet knowing God's ultimate victory? Did you talk about your own doubts and fears? Did you speak of resurrection power and perhaps how hard you find it to reconcile with the pain that you've been traveling through personally at the moment? I wonder what you talked about. I find I have a bit of an Easter problem because we kind of take Easter in a bit of a chronological order, don't we? And, and, and we tack Lent on to the front of it where we kind of deprive ourselves of all the things that we might love. Um, I avoided that. I've been eating a lot of chocolate this season. But some of you have been really disciplined and have avoided some stuff. Uh, you've avoided, avoided foods or wine or certain, certain actions. Or maybe you've taken up something, you've, a, a new discipline. And then we get to Easter Sunday... We go through the cross, and then we get to Easter Sunday, and it's great, we're into the victory zone. And we can, we can lose something of actually what God calls us to by thinking that once we hit Easter Sunday, victory looks like everything's okay. And I think all of us know that's not the case. The church in Sri Lanka today know that's not the case. What does it look like to go through pain even on Resurrection Sunday? That's the problem of the chronological, in our habits of restricting our luxuries and limiting certain consumptions up until Easter Sunday, I worry that we set a precedent for a victorious life beyond. We're in danger of viewing the Easter season as one where we navigate some hardships and more somber devotions in the lead up and then explode into full-blown celebration once Good Friday is behind us. We leave the pain of Good Friday for the power of Easter Sunday. And I want to tell you that the good news is, actually, we're called to power and pain. We're called to the power and the pain. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Because it's Easter Sunday, we'll keep it light, okay? We'll try and laugh as well. We're talking about the power and the pain. We're just going to look at Philippians 3, verse 10, which I'll, I'll come back to at, at different points throughout the evening. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Perhaps we'd love to do a bit of an edit on that verse and just take half of it. I'm pretty sure I know which half you would choose. We would love to be people who know the power of the resurrection, who walk about and see people healed who were sick, who see people freed from addictions who are addicted, to see the power of Jesus all over the place. And I think Jesus wants to see, to see more of that in Cheltenham and in our towns and in our areas. Amen? The power of the resurrection. I don't think we have got it yet. I'm not standing here talking about the pain because I think we've figured out the power because I still think... We've got a long way to go in understanding how God wants to move through us in power and the power that we have access to because of today, because he went through the pain and came out the other side. We get connected with a God who redeems and restores. But as Paul says, writes in that Philippians, he's writing from prison. He knows what pain looks like. He knows what floggings look like. He knows all sorts of different challenges. And he says he wants to know the power of the resurrection. But he also wants to fellowship, have this friendship connection with Christ through suffering. 
So let's hit John 20. If you could turn in your Bibles, it's not going to be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles up here, or uh, you can Google it, John 20. We're going to have a look at what happened to these disciples who were in a bit of a difficult place. Over time, Jesus' disciples, his friends, had kind of got to this point of, of actually investing their whole lives into this person of Jesus. To use an, an Eastern analogy, they had put literally all of their eggs into one basket. They, more and more, they'd started to put their trust in Jesus. They'd seen the things that they, he, Jesus had done. They valued him as a, as a teacher, as, a, as someone to follow. And then they started to see him as Messiah and the Savior. Hang on, I mean, I think this is the guy that they talked about who's going to come and rescue us from all of our problems. The disciples put all of their eggs into one basket. And then Good Friday comes. Well, actually, maybe before that, they started to doubt. Certainly Judas was thinking, he's, he's not the ruler I thought. I thought he was going to make life easy for us. And maybe Peter struggled to, uh, to, to grasp this idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow a Messiah, but I don't know about a suffering Savior. I don't think you're going to suffer, Jesus. I'll put you in... Maybe I'll just reserve a few eggs over here. Maybe I'm not so confident. But they'd invested a whole lot into their relationship with Jesus. And then suddenly, huge disappointment. The cross happens. Good Friday happens. They didn't call it Good Friday on the first Good Friday. You know that, don't you? It didn't seem particularly good. I wonder what situations you're going through at the moment that don't seem good. You wouldn't call them good yourself. Maybe God has got some good that he's going to show you through the pain that you're navigating. Maybe you're going through a Friday at the moment and you're thinking, there is no way this is a good Friday. Well, we serve a God who can turn Fridays into good Fridays. Amen? When I say amen, by the way, it's me just saying, do you agree? And that's basically what I'm saying. So, here we go. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. I want to say that the disciples at this point, and they are disappointed with God. And maybe this is where you are, disappointed with God. This is the point where we've had the cross, The cross was where the disappointment with God happens. And maybe you've got disappointment. You prayed for your sister through tears. You asked the God who made her to remake her again, and and he didn't. Maybe you were praying for a relative, believing that God could do something. Maybe you asked God to make your business fruitful, your marriage more faithful, to rescue you from the pain of life, and, and it appears that he didn't. Like on that Good Friday, you put all your eggs in one basket, and it ended in death. And there'll be some tonight who are here, and you put your faith in Jesus. You feel like you put all your eggs in one basket, and then he let you down, or it appears that he let you down, or you went through stuff you never wanted to go through. Well, the disciples at this point in John 20, perhaps, were disappointed with God. So Peter and the other disciple, verse 3, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. I love that he says that, and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen 
lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. They go back. Mary stays. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. I just want to remind you that there was crying on Easter Sunday, that first Easter Sunday. It wasn't like they turned up empty tomb and it was all straightforward, penny drop moment. Maybe for some of the disciples it was. But Mary is still here crying, not understanding what is going on. And perhaps she is despairing without God. She's lost God. She didn't know, he's died. Where is, where is this? This empty tomb doesn't make sense for her. And maybe you're going through a, a, a point where you're struggling to connect, to find where Jesus is. You're struggling to find him in your life and how he applies. You're struggling to figure it out and you're just weeping. Well, you're in good company because Mary is in the same place. John 20 portrays that this is what happens for Peter, Peter and John. They believe, but Mary stays. She's, get, she's gutted. Could the situation get any worse? And like the other disciples, she becomes stuck in despairing that Jesus has gone. And my sense is tonight that there's some people here and you're still stuck when it comes to knowing who Jesus is because of some of the things that you've seen or because of what you can't see of him yet. The miracle has happened The resurrection has happened and yet you can't see it yet. And maybe this is because you don't know Jesus. You've never had someone represent Jesus around you in a way that makes sense. Well, I'm here tonight and I want to tell you, I think God loves you to bits. He made you. He died for you and he rose so that you can have life. So that the pain that you're going through, you don't have to go through on your own. So that the amazing gift of life that you're navigating doesn't have to be without the one who made it. You might be disappointed with God. You might be despairing without God. But something significant happens. Mary stood up. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? Tim read this from another version at the start of our celebration. They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Now we don't know exactly what happens next, but the next verse gives us some indication. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. I think there's a big hug going on here. I think there's, this, this is a woman who, the Bible says, had seven demons cast out of her. She's already received some level of salvation through Jesus, some level of sozo, saving help. There's such a love, and yet she sees him again, Rabboni, and there's this huge hug. 
and this embrace that I think she probably thinks is going to last forever. She's like, I am not letting you go again. I am not letting you go again. But Jesus has some other perspective. I am ascending to my Father. Go in, oh, sorry. Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Great. So, from disappointed with God, despairing without God, to devoted to God, holding on and telling others, communicating with others, moving from this place of stuckness, she moves to tell others about Jesus. I wonder where you're at in all of that. I wonder where you're at, whether you feel like you're stuck because of the stuff that you've seen or the things that Jesus hasn't done. I wonder what you need to hear from God this evening. But what I want to remind us of tonight is that for us to put all of our eggs in one basket, to believe in Jesus doesn't mean that we, we get power from now on in and that everything is plain sailing. Because we've been called to take our Sundays into other people's Fridays. That's what it looks like, actually. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, as we unpack this a little bit. You okay? You with me? Bless you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says this about what I think is the power of Christ in us. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This is the same Paul writing to a different bunch of churches as he wrote to you before about the power and the fellowship of the suffering, the power and the pain. This is someone who's got a glimpse of it. He knows what he's received from Jesus, meeting with Jesus, encountering him in a powerful way, in a life-changing, 180-degree shifting kind of way. My life has been transformed. I'm going in a different direction. But he knows that that isn't just so that he can have a better life or a heaven experience. He knows that actually what this is about is us being able to carry around death in our body, to go through the pain and the heartache or the trouble either because life happens to us or because we actually choose to get into mess. We actually choose to go to those grave places in people's lives, those dark places carrying the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to know the power of the resurrection when it comes to walking out of that door for the things that you're going to walk to, the places, and the, you need to hold the perspective that there is nothing that anyone is going through that is bigger than the power of Jesus and his resurrection. 
That's our belief. That is my confidence. But doing that might look painful. And doing that might mean that you take scars to show other people. The wounds that you've carried in following Jesus might well be the thing that help people to walk closer with him. Resurrection power is what enables us to walk into Fridays and make them good. We get to take Easter Sunday power into grave places in our lives and the lives of those around us. It's not linear and chronological like the Easter narrative. We're called to know the power of the resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. But let's get this straight. Jesus had a unique purpose and calling to atone for the sins of the world, to be the ultimate sacrifice for sin, the lamb. And that was a one-time Friday. That was a one-time Friday. That's a once and for all payment. There will never need to be a Friday like it again. There was something finished. He said, it is finished. But every one of us has a calling and a purpose before God. What does your Friday look like? The places that are dark and painful that God wants you to walk through for his glory. Because the danger is that we sign up to a God of power and we go, yes, great, I'm going I'm to go for this God of power. And actually stuff happens to our lives and we go, oh, maybe he isn't all that I thought he was. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just keep a little basket in there. In my little, maybe I'll put some trust and hope in in my relationships and my family. Maybe that's going to be a priority because I'm, I'm a bit nervous about putting all my eggs in this basket. Oh, and this, this has happened. Maybe, maybe God isn't who he said he was. Maybe, maybe because of my experiences, I'm going, to, I'm going to put some trust over here in my work and in my earning and, 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 and save stuff here. And slowly but surely, we dilute our pursuit of God because we want the power and we're not so comfortable with the pain. And actually, one of the things we believe in this church is we want to be all in with God. All in with each other and all in for the sake of the world. And that means all in. That means eggs in one basket saying, we're all in for you, God. And that means all in when life is hard. All in on a Friday. And it means all in on a Sunday. But because of Sunday, because of Sunday, Friday doesn't look the same ever again. Friday doesn't look like the end. Friday doesn't look like defeat and despair. Friday just looks like another opportunity for God to shine through our broken bits, to, for God to shine through the hard bits, for God to show his power in the pain of life. Jesus has said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that is the power, that is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we've got some choices to make. Resurrection choices. Romans 6 verse 10 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is in you. It's in you. If you've asked Jesus into your life, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Now if that doesn't change the way you walk into a Monday or a Friday or a dark situation or a difficult place, then I don't know what is going to. So, you excited about the pain? Are you up for the power? Do we need a mix of both if we're going to be God's kingdom people, seeing God's kingdom glory happen on earth? If we're going to see people brought into relationship, this is what's going to happen. So we get to be a bunch of disciples who actually meet with the living Jesus, who changes our despair. Because everything makes sense. Just like for Mary, everything then makes sense when we meet with the Jesus who conquered the grave and who turned pain into power chose pain 
so that we could receive connection with God that means something is powerful. Amen. If you're able to, would you like to stand? We're going to pray together a bit. Thanks again. If this is um, one of your first times at Trinity Cheltenham, I hope you've been made to feel comfortable. Welcome. We really do want to make sure you're welcome. There's a welcome point at the back. That's how much we want you to know you're welcome. There's an actual place in this building. Um, do you head back uh, there if you've got any questions. The, what we like to do at the end of our gatherings, what we think is important to do, is to invite the power of God to come. Um, we can do that in a whole bunch of ways. Um, but we'd like to make space at the front for you to be prayed for if you'd find it helpful to be prayed for. I'm going to give a little bit of a steer. I'm going to ask Miles to come up and give a bit of another steer. Um, basically, it's, it's two things. It might be that you just know that you're stuck in all sorts of difficult situations around you and you want to be reminded of the power of the resurrection of Jesus who claimed victory over every bit of brokenness, every darkness, every sin, his power. It might be that you want to just come forward and we'd love to pray that you know more of the power of God. It might be actually that you started to move your eggs in different baskets. You actually you recognize that you've had a lot of Friday moments in your walk with God and you've lost sight of Sunday. Maybe you want to come forward and just actually go, God, I need you to speak to the pain that I've gone through. I need you just to be close to me in what I'm walking through at the moment. And then thirdly, there might be a bunch of you who you know the power of God in your life, but you're avoiding pain in other people's lives. You are what we, we might say comfortable. You want, you want the power of the resurrection and you want it in your life and your prayer life is perhaps a, a little bit insular but actually maybe God is calling you to be bold out there to get into some difficult places to go into some difficult situations and bring the light of Jesus so there's some three steers Mars, you just want to come and share what you um, Mars has shared a bit of a prophetic word before I spoke, uh, which I thought was really helpful. Jordan? Yeah. Um, yeah, so just whilst we were praying earlier... For, um, there we go. Whilst we were praying earlier um, for the power of Jesus and for the hope of Jesus um, to come into the lives of people who are close to us, uh, I was praying for a few of my really close friends um, who have really struggled to believe recently, things that they used to believe. Um, and I just got this um, powerful image of um, Jesus who when he appears to the disciples um, after being resurrected. And Thomas still is really struggling to believe. And um, I just thought it was amazing how even um, in that struggle and in that doubt, Jesus says that you can like, even put your hand in my side. And I think for some people in the room today um, who are like, really still struggling um, to believe certain things that maybe you used to believe, um, I think Jesus is going to be as kind um, as he was 2,000 years ago to Thomas, and he's going to come to you and, and let you put your hand in his side, whatever that might look like, but to give you that contact. Um, yeah. Thanks, Miles. Great. Okay. 
So I'm going to pray, and then, yeah, if, if there's something, if you know you want to do some business with God or you just want to be prayed for for anything, uh, then we're going to create some space up here. So God, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus, that we celebrate a God who was willing to go through Friday, but who overcame the grave, conquered death. Thank you that there is nothing, nothing that we can walk through in this coming week, nothing that we have walked through that you haven't got victory over if we invite you. Thank you for your victory over even death. And Lord, I pray for those of us who are in a despairing place. Perhaps we're feeling disillusioned. For any of us who've walked through stuff and not understood where you were in it, Lord, I pray for your healing power. And Lord, I also pray for a commissioning. I pray for a whole bunch of people here tonight that would be commissioned by your power to go into places of pain and declare the resurrection of Jesus Christ in word as well as in deed. Thank you, God. And Lord, I pray for those, those of us here who are struggling, who are doubting. Lord, I pray that your scars would be really real to them in this moment, that they would be able to, that you would just give them confidence to come and question you, come and ask you. Come and bring their doubt. Great, I'd love it if people could just begin to come forward. We're going to do some praying. I'm going to see the power of God moving. If we could have some people just to begin to, to pray. I know the youth are around tonight. Youth, if you've got a heart to pray for people, come and bring God's power with you. Come and head down here and begin to pray for people.